Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. And history. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. I'm Daisy. in this episode i might swear lucy might cry and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website hello everyone welcome to another history lesson episode of the labeled podcast with me and lucy hello and of course we've got daisy hello and we've got a special guest this week because this week we are doing a Black History Month episode. So this week we have got Kimmy here from the Dope Black Disabled podcast. Hello. For, for those of you out there who don't know, October here in the UK is Black History Month. I think it's February in America. Yes. Um. So we thought, you know, disabled history, it's, it's definitely worth us um, having a bit of a dive into the diversity amongst disabled people. And we thought, you know, let's, let's be representative here and uh, not whitewash our way through history the way so many people have done before. Um, so we yes. invited Kimmy on. Uh, Kimmy, do you want to introduce yourself and sort of tell everybody about you? I love this. I love just your introduction. Um, <laughs> my name is Kimi Soko. I am a disability rights activist. I am the community lead at Dope Like Disabled. I am also the CEO of um, CBQ, which is a disability DEI training firm. And I also do digital um, brand strategy with my firm. But the main crux of my purpose is to make the world a better place for disabled people. So through my disability um, activism, I do a lot of speaking engagements. I do a lot of panels. I do a lot of media, uh, like, you know, um, uh, quotes for articles and, and, and like uh, news interviews and stuff like that. And that's all great and good. And I do like fun stuff. Like I was on the latest Celebrity Google Box. So that's the fun side of things. But the grit of it and the stuff I live for is the supporting a community of disabled people and, you know, being there for people that are a niche within a niche and and bringing um kind of a representation just through being present just through voicing uh, um my like just saying it, the system is broken we need to fix it and making that your existence and your sole purpose and building your purpose upon it. So every speaking engagement, every, every time I speak one-to-one -one with a person, every time I support an athlete that's in Tokyo doing the Paralympics, every time I, I am, you know, every time I'm doing the work, I'm like, I am bringing justice. I'm bringing a representation to someone 
who needs it. I'm bringing representation to a community that is a faction within a faction. And it's, it's, it's a joy. So yeah, Dope Like Disabled, we have a podcast, the Dope Like Disabled podcast. We have a community safe space, a private WhatsApp group, but we also have Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, which you can follow us on. And that's my spiel. <laughs> That is amazing. Can I just say as well, I watched I watched Celebrity Gogglebox a few weeks ago and when I saw your name on the screen, I was like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Well, well, well we're interviewing that lady. We're interviewing her. <laughs> I got very, very excited. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I feel like I've missed out. I don't watch TV. No. So. That is a beautiful flex. <laughs> <laughs> Like I do occasionally, but mostly I read books and uh, talk to my dogs. So yeah, well, an I'm intellectual. Chin in the back, like some yeah. <laughs> plays classical music in the background. Yeah. No, plays Taylor Swift in the background <laughs> while I dance around with my cat, telling him to shake it off. I bet you've got one of those little trays that goes over the bath as well, that you can stand a book in yeah. and have a. That's that's the height of posh to me. No, I balance my iPad on the toilet. <laughs> Did you know that um, chocolate boxes of chocolate fingers float in the bath? Did you know that? I didn't know that. There you go. There it is. it worth knowing for the future? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so can I just like address the elephant in the room? Because there's a lot of background noise here. And can I tell the listeners uh, why they're yes, hearing Yes, I commotion. was just going to ask you. I was just going to ask <laughs> so, you to tell everybody where you are, the realities of life as a disabled person. <laughs> <laughs> so as we speak i i am deep into my admission um a week deep into my admission at lieutenant dunstable hospital um and i have had you know two blood transfusions an iron transfusion i'm waiting for another iron transfusion and i'm i'm possibly gonna have a a procedure a, 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 to remove my heart um my implanted um heart device so at the moment i'm not in the best of shape but i brought my laptop to hospital i'm doing work as we speak i'm running my company from my hospital bed recording my podcast from side rooms and you know like story as we speak right now i'm in a storage closet so when you hear anything <laughs> nurses and you know healthcare assistants are coming in and getting pads for like you know the elderly <laughs> patients and getting gloves and so such and literally reaching over me and then the other you know the nurses that are taking care of me that are like have you taken this pill have you taken this have you taken that <laughs> um so i am sitting in a wheelchair in the supply closet <laughs> let me set the visual wearing a do-rag <laughs> with... recording is so glamorous isn't it really really yeah. glamorous <laughs> with a midline in my arm and and my hospital badge as accessories i feel so sexy like met gala like where are you <laughs> So yeah, that's 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 my environment. At this point, I feel like I'm just setting a record. Guinness World Record, where you at? <laughs> yeah. How many podcasts can one person record from hospital? Yes, two so far. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right then, Daisy. Do you... Yeah, should we get on with some history? We... Yeah, yeah, but this kind of sounds like I'm being given the responsibility of making Kimmy feel better. <laughs> you actually are. You are my healing balm. Oh, no. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> but like, girl, you're going to feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, you should. Uh, we we've discussed previously on the show about having some kind of uh, Nazi klaxon for just how frequently they appear throughout our discussions of history. So I'd be slightly, I'd be slightly dubious about a history lesson making you feel better. Daisy often sends emails about people that we're going to do for history lessons. Good news, not a Nazi. <laughs> what at this, this guy's point... definitely not a Nazi. <laughs> At this point, uh, uh, isn't there like slavery going to be talked about? I'm not going to feel better. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. This is true. (laughs) Um, I think actually, Daisy, we had a bit of a chat about who Daisy wanted to focus on. And um, Daisy being a a millennial historian was like... um, it's you know with with oh, Harriet Tubman is so done. Like let's I do someone different. Like, oh. <laughs> you may have said something similar to that, Jamie. <laughs> Excuse <I> me. Absolutely <laughs> didn't. <Excuse> me. <laughs> what, I, what I was saying is that a lot of the history, particularly surrounding Black History Month, particularly surrounding disability around Black History Month, so it tends to be from a very specific place and a very specific time period. Yes. So that it is entirely, you know, around slavery in the Americas. Yes. Auntie Harriet deserves her flowers, okay? I don't care what you say. (laughs) I never said that she didn't. Auntie Harriet deserves her flowers. (laughs) No, well, I think what we're saying, what Daisy is saying, is that there is more to Black disabled history than Harriet Tubman and the story of slaves. And I think that's what we're going to hear about today. So I think it would be really interesting. It would be something really different. So you're going to change my mind? Okay, girl. I'm joking. joking. (laughs) Okay. This is is why I shouldn't talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) I am am notorious amongst uh, my, my... uh, IRL friends for not being able to keep keep secret and keep my mouth shut. So people will just stop telling me stuff now. Yeah. I'm like the last person to hear anything. Yeah. So <laughs> you have, you've learned now, Daisy. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a secret. It's just <laughs> <laughs> love you, Daisy. So we are going back to the 13th century. Wow, wow, that's quite okay. a way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. This is why there is no Nazism, because it wasn't invented yet. (laughs) (laughs) So this is going back to right at the beginning of the Mali Empire. So you may well have heard of certain people from the Mali Empire, but not necessarily this person who was basically the start of it. So this is Mansa Sunjata Keita who's the so-called Lion King of Mali. I'm excited now. (laughs) Simba was the Lion King, but go ahead. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, so that will be coming up. (laughs) So this this was the first ruler of the Empire of Mali. He was the creator of it back then. So prior to this, the place he was 
born, which was the Malenko Kingdom, had been part of the Ghanaian Empire, which is sort of okay. next door. Mm. But this kingdom had its own rulers, kind of like a federation almost, sort of different kingdoms with different rulers. But pretty much all we know about this guy's life was passed down in that form of kind of oral history epic poem. Mm-hmm. So this is why so much of it is kind of up in the air. Okay. And it's, you know, all of my history is kind of comes with a shrug. Okay. It's a, well, <laughs> a, bit, of a, it's a bit of a grey area, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit in the same way that kind of, like, like you say, it's a really long way back. So anything from that sort of time uh, yeah, is yeah. a bit of a grey area. So it was written down for the first time in the kind of early 1900s. Oh, wow. So um, do you think they've taken artistic license during the time? Um, there's a chance that there are, so what seems to have happened in a lot of places is that, that, that different regions have different versions of the story. And it yeah. isn't often that they're completely different. It's just some have details in that the others have kind of, you know, forgotten and just sort of skipped on to the next bit. Mm. And so they had this whole sort of, you know, project thing, which was putting all of these things together. But based on the other things we do know, it does seem to match up. I, we, I think you get that quite a lot with oral histories, is where you get, like, one story where they fought a lion, but in another story they fought a tiger, and in another story it was a <laughs> moose. Moose! I don't think there's a lot of moose in the same places where there are tigers and lions. Lions aren't in the same places as tigers unless yes, it's a zoo. Yes, that's also <laughs> true. <laughs> so it yeah. sounds like you went to an ancient zoo to fight all these different animals. Yes. The only place you found them all together. Well, yeah, so there's a bit of this sort of thing that I wrote down because it's like the, there is this idea that oral histories that are passed down through generations are more susceptible to those kind of errors than written histories. That isn't, isn't particularly true because, you know, Anything that's written down is written by, so historically in this country, it was written down by monks because they were the only people who could read and write. So it could say whatever they wow. wanted it to say, and then it would get lost somewhere and then it would get rewritten. So I think often the, often this kind of idea that the oral histories are more erroneous than the others is down to this kind of intellectual superiority thing about reading and writing and probably a certain amount of you know colonialism invading as well kind of you know that everybody is daisy getting me back for what i said earlier basically going you're wrong <laughs> you white <laughs> colonialist <laughs> <laughs> but also i think monks would have um written it with a veil of like this puritan like this this religious purity yeah. thing you know they would have um washed it with that yeah, and there's nothing to say that these monks can, you know, that we all we've all got that one mate who over eggs the pudding with stories a little bit, don't we? And go like, oh, Clive the monks off on one again, but, you know. But also, the the monks were essentially available to hire. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was it was for anyone who wanted the you know a story written down. Mm -hmm. so there's a there's a sketch in horrible histories where they kind of invade somewhere and they just keep going. Go on, go on. Right, I was really tall and brave yeah. and handsome. Go on, go on. <laughs> it was. Kind yes. of like that. 
Yeah. It's like that king, uh, that Spanish king. I can't remember his name. His his um portraits are different depending on who drew them. Yeah, he's got a very he's he's bless his heart. Um, you know he's he's in uh like conventionally attractive. No, and <laughs> you know well you know so, his mama loved his face and he, <laughs> so depending on who did his portrait, some people were generous with his underbite and some yeah. people just weren't and yeah. you know i believe it depends on so history was written by either the victor or um the person who was paid to write it flatteringly i believe yeah yeah daisy it's a bit like me saying to to somebody who's writing my autobiography tell them i could walk and tell them i had really long legs isn't it <laughs> you know i mean is there is there a difference between kind of bending and stretching the truth for storytelling <laughs> and just flat out lying basically? Yeah. <laughs> there are a couple of things within the story that we do sort of pretty much know have been massaged okay massage i love that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah sort of not not until a bit later on so we do have the other sources of people who traveled to the area like a hundred years after he died who confirmed that he existed right so okay. he, so he which, did definitely exist yeah yeah which like it doesn't sound all that helpful it's like okay well you well, so what he exists like but that that is actually quite helpful particularly when you go this far back yeah <laughs> okay yeah he's not like he's not like um a made-up fictional character a mystic really. a mythical creature yeah. Well. yeah yeah we have that don't you with the there's there's arguments around whether arthur was actually a person mm. king arthur whether there was really? a, yeah whether there was a couple of people that it may be reflecting on i mean there's obviously things about it that aren't true like the whole magic wizard thing yeah and also, like Robin Hood, was Robin, Robin was Robin Hood an actual person? I know we're going off topic. Are they but... saying that King Arthur and Robin Hood were just a vibe? Like, <laughs> oh, they were the same person. They were never in the same room at the same time. <laughs> exactly. yeah. It's Don't actually the doctor. That's what it is. It's the doctor in a different suit. Just, just, just believe the vibes. That's that's what yeah. King Arthur is. Yeah, vibes of King Arthur. This guy's father was the king of that particular kingdom, the Malinke kingdom, and he already had a son with one of his wives. But then a soothsayer turned up and predicted that he would have a son who was destined to be a great king if he married a really ugly woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Marry me, boy. I want to be a queen. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then, one day, someone turned up with this woman who apparently had a hunchback and was sort of quite ugly, and he went, "Ah, I remember. <laughs> I'm gonna marry you." I love, I love that it's like he he waits for this particular. It's not that he meets a woman and falls for her, regardless of the fact that she's not conventionally attractive. He goes out and he looks for an ugly woman. He's like you. He said, Quasimoda. he said Quasimodisha, yeah. come here. Yeah. So, someone just turned up at his doorstep and went, I found one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they got married and had a son um, who was apparently sickly, as right. people so frequently get described. 
and unable to walk throughout his childhood, although no one explains anything about that, ever. What, what, like why he can't walk? Yeah, no idea. He's just sick. I guess. Yeah. Or or it was just his mother's ugliness. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Rendered him. It was too hereditary for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting up until you get prettier. (laughs) You say, what does he have? Quadimosecia uh, syndrome? That's what he got, yeah. <laughs> Daisy, I am going to use that insult. I am not getting up and walking until you get here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so by that point, so it, the, one of the first wives who, or so this is Sunjuta's half-brother. Right, yes. So the half-brother and the half-brother's mother, so I guess step mother yeah i guess half brother and the half brother's mother one of the his dad's other wives yeah yeah they kind of ruthlessly you know mocked him and his mother and were very very mean um partly i think because they were just you know dickheads but also partly (laughs) because they were intimidated by the prophecy as a married person i'd also be pretty pissed off if my husband just went off and was like, I'm going to marry her and have another kid with her because of how ugly she is. (laughs) (laughs) The prophecy said. (laughs) Sorry, love, I have to, the prophecy said. (laughs) It's not cheating if the prophecy said. Yeah. So I I think the implication is that he had more than one wife before this happened. But so they... Some of the sources refer to his co-wives, implying right. that there was more than two. Two before oh, yeah. um, I don't know, think the that's unusual. No, 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 it wasn't. You know, it's deep when they're co co-wives. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But then the only two that ever get referred to by name are, you know, his mother and his, you know, half brother's terrible parents. Was she the, was his, the half-brother you're referring to, the one that was going to go on to be king? Yeah, so that was, yeah, that's probably why then, isn't it? Yeah, so that was the oldest son. And and also because this is all an epic poem written about Sunjuta, so it's only referencing the... Yeah, People they're giving like the abri- yeah, they're giving like the abridged version of his life, aren't they? Really, but the also highlight reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, you know, women aren't important in history, so why would we need to know the names of, of these women? You know, it's not like they did anything. I mean, we don't know the names of any of the other brothers either. There's, no. there's none of that. Yeah, so their father died. Yeah, um, as. You know, happens when. <laughs> <laughs> she says it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens. Who can stop it? So the half brother took up the throne against the wishes of the the ex king. I guess is he still ex king if he's dead? Late I guess. king. Late king. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Him. King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So against the wishes of the late king, who wanted it to go straight to. The younger son, because he was the prophecy that said, you know, it's going to be an excellent king. Yeah. Mm. Half brother just went, mm, yeah, nah, that kind of feels like my job. <laughs> and so Sunjata and his mother mm. went off somewhere else. And 
So they eventually settled in a kingdom called Mima or Mema. It's difficult because um, none of these places have had uh, pronunciation guides, really, right. oh, other yeah. than the name of the man itself. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying not to butcher this. Okay. Do any of them still exist? I'm sure they've been renamed by now. I was going to say. Colonization yeah. and yeah. modernization yeah. and we stuff. We gave them nice, white, easy to pronounce names. Yeah. 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 So Sujata became a great warrior there, but there are different versions that give different reasons for why they left. Okay. So some of them say that him and his mother were exiled. So they were sent away mm -hmm. and like forced to leave. Mm -hmm. And others say that they fled right? because we... they were worried that the half-brother was going to kill him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, do, cool. do we know the reason why they were possibly exiled or does it just say they were exiled with no further explanation? Well, if, if, if they were exiled, it would have been for the same reason, reason that, okay. you know, I don't like you and you're going to try and take over the throne. So I'm going to get rid of so. you. Right. So what a yeah. Game of yeah. Thrones. Yeah. yeah. Proper, yeah. Ru ruthless. Is, yeah. He, is he walking at this point? Does he gain the ability to walk? He does, but again, we can't be sure which. So, like, theoretically, if it would be viable to think that he would run away because he might be killed because supposedly earlier on in his life there were like supposedly there were 12 brothers who were kind of in line and all of them were slain by no hold on i know this story this is joseph in his technicolor dream coat <gasps> yeah yeah, look, look, yeah is it I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can get, get really excited then because I know that, like, off by heart. I love Joseph. I was in the chorus. In, jo I was in, in, jo in Joseph, one of them gets murdered by 12 of them. In this one, 12 of them get murdered by one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly less brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so someone from the neighbouring state, like the ruler from the neighbouring state, supposedly came over you know, in the early days of, again, a time which isn't dated, we assume they were children at this point, but I, you know, don't know how old. And supposedly they only left Sunjata alone because he looked like he was about to die anyway. Okay. <laughs> no, we can, we can so save ourselves a, bit, a job and so just it's a bit wait. Like, I suppose it's a bit like, isn't it, when people are under serious attack and they just decide to play dead so that the other person then leaves them alone. No, that was natural selection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's playing the disability card, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, oh, no. Oh, I'm so poorly. You might as well save yourself some effort. I'm going to die soon anyway. Yeah, definitely. You're going to be fucking king soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, it, was, it was at some point after the late king died that he gained the ability to walk. Right. So, so that implies that it was while he was, as I've referred to in inverted commas, away. Okay. I didn't know there were televangelists back then making people walk again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so again, this is where some of the accounts differ. So, in one of the accounts, he specifically requested a sort of cane-like stick from a local blacksmith 
right and then tried to stand up using it and then it broke underneath him and it was only when he used part of a sacred tree that he was able to stand up and walk right other accounts say that his mum ordered him to walk with such strength that he just did (laughs) all right mum i'll do whatever you say i'll try it i I have an african mother and i can once they speak even if you're on death's door you're like i am so sorry saint peter at the gates of my mother just called and i just need to do this one chore and i'll be back let me do the dishes you need to do the dishes come back and wash the dishes what are you doing <laughs> yeah, just need to learn how to walk and then become a supreme ruler of a Brilliant. large empire. <laughs> Basically, I want to go home. You better learn how to walk so we can take over the kingdom. <laughs> well, yeah, so it, all of the versions of this epic started being collected and written down in the early 20th century. Okay. And there's kind of like, it's almost seen as like an ultimate version which has taken kind of as many of the things that they can chronologically make make sense. It's a from... meta-analysis, isn't it? S- sort of, yeah, yeah. They, they had, like, um, workshops and things like that, and it was based on sort of locations in the historical empire, which have all sort of carried on this story, and they all have slightly different details. Kind of a bit like how supposedly, like, you know, everywhere in the UK has, like, a different word for like a bread roll or for the yeah. you know the black shoes that you wore in PE. Kind of, you know, depending on where you're from, where your family is from, who you've interacted with, you just sort of had different versions of the story slightly. Yeah. And it's it's yeah, also called a cob. It's yeah. called a cob. It's a dinner roll. It's a cob, but there we go. <laughs> yes. It's a it's it's a butty, but that's fine. A butty's only when it's full. No, a butty is when it's got something inside yeah. the cob. A butty is when you put chips in it. Why? Why? Why on? Why on earth would you ever have an empty one? What kind of sad lives are you We're living in? Butty is a word for a sandwich, not a word for a roll. Yeah. Thank you, Daisy. <laughs> It's just that's the thing I immediately thought of when I moved up here and I went to a chip shop for the first time and I said, uh, can I have a chip butty? They looked at me like I was some kind of alien and went, cob. And I was like... See, it's a cob. I was like, I'm sorry, you weird Midland... Excuse me. Something. Excuse me. (laughs) I stand by what I said. (laughs) If you are from the south, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, butty. you're outnumbered, I'm afraid, Lucy. Yeah. We've got, yeah, Devonshire. Daisy, Daisy, Daisy knows what I mean when I say cob. I'm Hertfordshire, <laughs> and I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> I always saw a cob as a loaf rather than an individual Listen, yeah. I don't care yeah. what the size of the cob is. If you're going to give me a big cob, you give me a big cob. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> It's carbohydrate. She, she, she seems to be talking about corn on the cob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so that's his side of the coin. <laughs> <laughs> I should have predicted it by 
bringing that up that that was going to cause that. Uh, why, why do you think we set this for two hours? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that version that they came up with, with all of the people in together coming up with the thing that seemed to make sense, was then written up and translated and published. And then in like the early 90s, someone made like an illustrated version of it, which was called Sunjata Lion King of Mali. Right. Oh. And it's widely believed that the Lion King, the film, mm -hmm. is at least somewhat based on that story. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, that's Columbus thing. That's that's. Well, can I can I can I just interject here with a little bit of a story that relates to the Lion King, because when I was at university, stroke college, uh, I had a lecturer who I think was a bit of a liar, <laughs> uh, because he told us blatantly told us that. He was the one who originally wrote The Lion King. Disney stole his idea, made him bankrupt. Don't look so shocked, Kim, he's a lie. Um, <laughs> um, and he was only told when Phil Collins rang him up and said, stop what you're writing um, because I've just been to the premiere of The Lion King and Jeremy Irons has been speaking some of your dialogue. So this... <laughs> This is, look at Daisy's face. This, this just goes to prove to me that my lecturer was not only a bit of an asshole, he was also a lying asshole. So thank you very much, Daisy, for putting my mind at rest about this. This is what you call closure. Yeah, I feel like I can move on with the rest of my life. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yes. D yeah, Disney still claimed that it's no, no, just based on Hamlet. Oh, right. Yeah, just, just based on mm. yeah, just yeah. My none of that script. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they said. No, of course it's nothing to do with the historical story of this African leader. It's plagiarism, pure and simple, <laughs> from Lucy's old lecture. It's literally what you call Columbusing. Have you guys ever heard of Columbusing? No. no. So you know how Christopher Columbus claims he discovered the Americas yes. when they were already like well established, and he <laughs> had the nerve to call them like uh, India, like it's because he was trying to get to India, and um, he was like, "Oh, you're Indians," and today Native Americans are still called Indians when they're actually Native Americans, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, and the the so th that whole thing is when there is a piece of like black culture you know and and then someone who is a lot of times white goes and says i discovered this i made yeah. this i invented this and it already exists in black culture people call it columbusing right and they they're like oh we made this oh baby hairs we did that that's awesome. mm -hmm. so like when we used to be called ghetto for having like cornrows and baby hairs and whatever and then you see l magazine and all these one-way shows and these um white girls these models are rocking all the stuff that you'd see in peckham and in in, in all the, the urban areas and the girls were being called ghetto but now it's been called high fashion and let's not talk about those blow-up dolls called the kardashians like rocking it and making it like oh high fashion that's what we call columbus thinkers 
you're acting like you invented it and it was already uh, here. I, I've heard, I heard, a, I think I had a podcast about um, somebody talking about that, uh, the word woke, how everybody's Ooh. like, oh, it's such a like 21st century millennial word, but actually it's a word from like black culture from at least the like jazz era. Yeah. Yeah, woke, it, woke been here. Like, a lot <laughs> of the slang that everyone is like, yes, work, you ate that up, it's giving this, it's giving that. A lot of slang is filtered from black culture. So it starts really, black women are like the first ones to be like, you know, all this. And then uh, black gay men are the ones who make it cool and put that, that little... <laughs> on it that they make yeah. it like cool and the rest of the world are like well we want this we want a piece of this and then it just spreads like wildfire and mm. the world you know and then you see these youtubers be like ah, you know the met gala it's just not giving what it was supposed to give <laughs> and i'm like sis it, it, it what you're doing is not giving what is what what's supposed to give mm. <laughs> okay so yeah that's in quintessentially like in 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 a in a nutshell that's columbusing okay own stand now <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so i found this sort of like little kind of like a short uh, review thing on it that was basically said it said that the story of sunjata was badly served by disney's the lion king and i was a bit like well yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this this film about lions wasn't a faithful recreation. <laughs> yeah, and and everybody is really surprised that uh, you know white money making Disney were like, how can we make a buck off of this African story and change it so that it will be more palatable to all the people we want to sell it to. I know. We'll set, we'll tell everyone it's Hamlet. What's your opinion, Daisy? Do you think it is Hamlet, or do you think it is the story we are talking about? In your professional opinion, as a historian, my professional opinion as a historian is that I don't remember the Lion King. Oh no! I, do you know I have only ever seen it once. <laughs> I saw it for the first time when I was fourteen. Okay, and only the first half. Because my geography teacher put it on in the, on the last episode of term, but our lesson was only an hour long. So after the first hour, we all just went to lunch. You're so disgustingly <laughs> young. I, I saw it in a fucking so I... cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so I was born in 92, right? So I might oh, be like... Oh my babies. God! <laughs> How are you not like 12? I'm 29. I, I, I was the year <laughs> after. Oh, I'm 93. Yes. So I saw it when I was like, you know, maybe like eight years old. And I'm pretty sure it didn't it come out in 93 or 94. Really? Don't know, I wasn't I paying attention. Was busy. I saw it in <sighs> 98, 99. But I remember seeing it and then like I saw it so many times. And because some of the songs have like Krosa and Zulu and like you yeah, know, one yeah. side of my family, so that's yeah, yeah, my yeah. mom's side. So I connected to that um side of it, and like 
Simba is like a Zimbabwean name and my dad's out of the, uh, of, of the family is like Zimbabwe. It, it's like a Swahili and it means lion, but it's also like a Zimbabwean name as well. So I had like a connection to it, but I didn't know. But then now learning, getting hashtag woke and learning <laughs> that like Walt Disney was a whole, uh, oh, Nazi collection alert. Walt yeah. Disney was a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot your first learner, everyone. <laughs> We found one. <laughs> like Walt Disney was a Nazi, and like so, I'm not surprised that like his his company's ethos is all like all messed up, and just seeing the way that like the sound of what's the name of a uh, song of the South, like it's been banned and yeah. you know, every way. Yeah. You know, so yeah. they have a horrible history of um, racism, and and I'm not so like so when I hear that they've Columbus um, the Lion King, nothing surprises me because of the genesis, because of the origins of, of Disney yeah. as a corporation to begin with. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it would be a ridiculous amount of coincidence if it like like an un un just like a incomprehensible level of coincidence for it to be completely unrelated yeah like that would just be ridiculous to yeah you know it's just not really possible particularly with the name like even if all they've done is sort of taken the story of hamlet and put it into the you know the time and place of this similar story even if that is all they've done that like picked out the setting Mm. then there's there's inspiration uh, perhaps inspiration is too kind a word to mm. but there yeah there's definitely some liberties been taken and we cannot forget the live that disastrous live action um version of it that looks like a national geographic documentary and <laughs> beyonce like i know they wanted to sell tickets but beyonce just made it sound like nala was from the houston zoo because beyonce cannot <laughs> read anything but with her texas accent she was like we go have to go to pride rock symbol and <laughs> like you know what no one of these things don't belong like <laughs> <no>. <laughs> So some more history or some more Disney? This is becoming a Disney lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, no, I, wrong I with that. <laughs> I don't know much else about Disney. Okay. Uh, I I happen to know somebody who wrote her um, undergraduate thesis on the way that the Lion King is a, um, a sort of a, a racist representation, even, even though um, it's lions. Yeah. It, it, it culturally um oh you should have let me know Alice I could have put you in touch with the my lecturer who claimed to write the thing yeah yeah we could have talked about it yeah, yeah. whether that was his intention when he wrote the Lion King probably that he wanted it to be racist probably yes, well, yes he wanted to a... make America great again <laughs> <laughs> this was another thing that was in that review that said that you know the Lion King wasn't a great representation of the his- this historical story mm-hmm. was something in there about how is that disney has been praised for using african animals as story characters for using the african landscape as a story setting for using african artwork as design motifs and for using african-american actors as the voices for the film's characters well like jeremy irons i i don't know the film as i can only it might give be, you what she no, might be talking Je- about the remake there though yeah i was gonna say Jer- jeremy irons it, oh no this part- was from the original yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeremy Irons could not be more white and 
British <laughs> if he tried. He's like like period drama. Um, you know, not proper, Mr. Duff. No, yeah, proper yeah. top hat and tail job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Mufasa is um this older African American oh, guy. What about it's, 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 it's yeah, fucking... James L. Jones? James yeah, I was L. gonna Jones. say it's Star Wars. What's his yeah. James L. Jones? <laughs> then the uh, yeah. baby Simba is uh he's grown up now, but he's a he's a singer, like no, it's not Kevin Campbell. He's like a nineties um he was a he was a singer in the nineties. Oh He's like, you know, it just shows like his relevance now. But he's, yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't is he a person of color? Lord forgive me now. Yeah, he's all of black, but he he's um, oh man, well yeah, Jason Weaver, I think. Okay. Yeah, Jason Weaver. Are you googling it, Jason? Yeah, yeah. I think we need, I to, need to have pretend a, a I know something about this film. <laughs> Uh, we need to have a section in history lessons that is just Daisy Google something she wasn't <laughs> expecting us to talk to her about. What colour was so and so shoes? I don't know. Let me Google it. Can I, can I call this section the curveball? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, the problem is that you asked me about like popular culture in a film, and I don't know anything about those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was X? Three scene two in Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> was it exit pursued by a bear? That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you remember about an hour ago? <laughs> he'd gone to the kingdom next door in may maybe exile, maybe running away. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, while he was there, as I've referred to it in my notes, powering up, uh, <laughs> becoming, as they refer to it, as strong as a lion, which is why he ended up being called the Lion King. Lion King, oh, yeah. yep. Okay. Um, so he became this sort of, like, you know, incredibly good, like, warrior, soldier type person, to the point where the king of the Mima, Mema... The place where he was. Meme. Probably Mema. Kingdom. <laughs> Yeah, I was Mama. thinking Mama, that seems more likely. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's phonetic. I think Mama I think Mama is like more phonetic with uh regional, like regionally. Yeah. And uh, um I just wanted to add that like he's literally having a glow up like yeah. in the next kingdom <laughs> and they were sleeping on him. It's basically yeah, because he became such a good warrior that the the king of the Mema kingdom actually like made him one of the heirs to the throne okay blimey is, is it it's kind of like in a sort of um protectors of the kingdom type way rather than a you know you are now my son whether you like it or not yeah kind of way hmm. um, so he had a Chloe J simpson kardashian revenge body <laughs> yeah based on my limited understanding of the kardashians yes <laughs> and then and then had his very own everything the light touches moment yeah i was gonna say i think lucy is the only one who gets that reference yeah. to the light yes, thing. i get it I good just <laughs> yeah yeah so while he was there the king of one of the other neighboring kingdoms in his original land came in mm -hmm. and invaded and his half brother who was at that point in charge ran away <laughs> yeah so supposedly messengers were sent out to go and find 
Sunjata and bring him back because he was this prophesized excellent king. Mm. Again, this is where we get slightly diverging messages. In some accounts, the messengers went straight away to go and find him and bring him back to save our people. In the other scenario, the invaders came in, lived there for a bit, took charge, and the reason why they went to get him was much more tax-related. <laughs> right, okay. But it feels you're, like you're starting to charge of... us a bit more than I would like now. Maybe we should go get the other king. Yeah, no, no, you've, gone a bit, you've gone a bit too far there. I think your time is up. Yeah. I feel like that was probably more believable yeah. somehow. Yeah. People yeah. tend to people tend to sit around until they start happy to pay for things, and then they go, "Hold on a minute." It's not like a long episode of Lassie, is it, where the dog comes running and everyone's like, "Oh my god, someone just falls down the well!" Let's go immediately. <laughs> yeah, what's that, Sinjata? Trouble at the old mill? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must get this sorted immediately. Yeah, so he he created this group of allies of a lot of the other kingdoms that had been sort of taken over by these people who decided they didn't fancy doing that anymore Mm. and they went to you know defeat the invading king which they did at the battle of kirina where according i've just written in my notes according to history legend who can tell so (laughs) thanks daisy for that Uh, (laughs) um sunjata supposedly killed him with a poisoned arrow whoa I mean, that is dramatic. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So much of this is tied up with legend and also with the traditional, with this traditional religion, which was, you know, very sort of like spiritualist and magic based. And so it Mm -hmm. it kind of, it's difficult to tell whether it's sort of part of the prophecy of him being this brilliant king, which is that, you know, essentially this, you know, larger than living almost you know deity type king was beaten by our king so he must have been even more magic than the other one yeah so it, it does kind of you know blend in together a bit but yes they won that battle and Sunjata was made the first emperor of the Mali empire which was all of those kingdoms who had been fighting alongside him oh wow right, okay and was given the title of Mansa. Mansa Musa. Yes. I was going to say, yeah. Yes. The richest man ever. I know Mansa Musa. So, Mansa Musa is this guy's grandnephew. Grandnephew. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So, this is the, so this guy is the first of the Mansas, which was oh, king of all kings. Okay. Yeah, so Mansa Musa is widely accepted to be like the richest person who was ever Ever lived lived. much of that down to the foundations that sunjata put down for the mali empire oh wow so yeah Musa was so rich he he went on his pilgrimage to mecca he went to do the hajj and he took with him and spent so much gold in egypt that he destabilized the economy of the entire region for decades. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit like me on a trip to Primark, to be fair. <laughs> it, is, it was more gold than they knew what to do with. And so, like, gold just completely devalued because all of a sudden everyone had loads of it. Right. <laughs> when I go um, online shopping? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it was basically, so, so 
Sunjata basically didn't personally go and, you know, conquer any more lands and spread out, but a lot of his generals did. So he's considered like an incredibly good emperor because, you know, it's actually he delegated. Mm. Yeah. He knew what he was good at and he knew what other people were good at. That's leadership. Yeah. And and like they spread out really far and wide, including like over the gold fields and the copper fields. So soon kind of all of the areas where you would mine gold in that area were under his control. Right. And were his. And then, you know, it all became like a trading empire type place. There are all sorts of people there. So these big cities where all of the trading happened, a lot of like Arab traders coming by and they all crossed over in these particular cities. So like I just said, that Mansa Musa did, did the Hajj. He did his pilgrimage to Mecca. So he was Muslim. I was just wondering where that, obviously, because you're talking about a more traditional religion. Yeah, so whether Sunjata was Muslim or not is also very debatable. Yeah, so as an African, we mix a lot of our, some Islam, Christianity, and Judaism even, like in the case of like Ethiopia and stuff like that. They came through either colonialism, and I feel like Christianity was in Ethiopia like decades and like centuries ago. But a lot of these religions um, came through either missionaries or through colonialism. But we always had our folk um, religions and our our traditional beliefs, and a lot of people like mix our traditional beliefs with their like you know adopted um colonial and like um like you know missionary given beliefs and stuff so it's it's very very common for someone to subscribe to both but some people are very staunchly against if they convert to something they now like demonize traditional beliefs as well so it it, it depends yeah absolutely it's got you know some of the more recent versions of the big epic poem have kind of like reverse engineered some more direct links to you know the prophet muhammad or his his original followers um but that is relatively common since it's a historical it's a historical story which is told still in those areas which now are sort of i think over 95 percent muslim in those areas so that's that's pretty common. Mm. Some people say that he stuck with, you know, that region's traditional religion, but respected Islam since the empire had become, you know, such a hub for traders from all around. And others say that he did convert to Islam, but carried on doing the, the sorts of rituals and things that someone would expect that the king with those um traditional religious beliefs to do yeah often it was kind of like a you know kingly sort of kind of like like divine divine choice type thing of the kings and so there were some certain things that you would expect but as kibi said realistically it's probably likely that you know he had a bit of both yeah but you know there's no way to be sure the more kind of cultural or like things of show that like that people do you know like i don't know the way 
the queen is like technically like the head of the church and does all sorts of those sorts of things but i doubt liz is bending the knee on the side of her bed every night not liz (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean she's probably not because you know she's quite old now and it's difficult to get down and up again (laughs) <laughs> I was just going to say disability thing to say like we're aware our knees might not be very good yeah, <laughs> I know, not to think about them maybe, okay, so we, we can say she's not clasping her hands at the end of the day yeah, yeah. She, plants I mean, a little, she might be she plants us a little prey while she's sat like eating a cucumber sandwiches at tea time or something yeah, or you know just kind of salutes up before she turns the light out but one is grateful for the life one has lived <laughs> yeah Thank you so much lord amen <laughs> well yeah you would be wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like the, once he became you know the king of all kings the the mansa that mm. region you know the the system of government that they set up is well, it still kind of is, really. It became like a defining part of, you know, culture in Mali and kind of the way things carried on. So they had like a system of government that had representatives from each of the, what were essentially self-governing kingdoms around. And every single level had female representation because women had to be included in every single bit. I mean, it's, suspect very much in a token sense you know kind of like here is our woman <laughs> she says that this is fine <laughs> now lock her in a cupboard again it's a lot more progressive for those times because girl <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, they, they also implemented something called the the mandan charter which i read somewhere it was described the far, the first charter of human rights which i think is a bit much like Again, you know, a bit dramatic. Yeah, yeah, like, come on now. What, <laughs> what, one person said that it was like an abolition of slavery, and I'm like, but but they mentioned slavery so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they were in cahoots with um, the Arabs, and they were, were some of the first people to implement slavery, so uh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, 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 so like, basically what it's saying is like, be a bit nicer to your slaves. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sounds sounds about right. Yeah, it, it basically said like, let your slaves sleep and have a bit of time off at the end of the day, which is not the same. <laughs> no, that is not the same as an abolition no. of slavery. <laughs> what is this person on about? Did they say we're going to have a union for our slaves? Yeah. <laughs> well. We're going to give them lemonade when they're working outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this charter is another one of these things that has been passed down by oral tradition. Mm-hmm. But it's now been sort of designated by UNESCO as a, a what was it they called it? It was a really specific intangible cultural heritage of humanity. Mm. So it was it was declared intangible cu- cultural heritage. Interesting. That's such a interesting um choice of words yeah i was gonna say you kind of need to separate them into the separate words to understand what they're trying to say because a lot of your history is intangible what are you talking about unesco like yeah yeah so like 
other things in the category are things like a specific type of Egyptian basket weaving. Okay. Skills and 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 yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Okay. That uh, sort of you can't necessarily measure or uh, yeah. recreate accurately. Yeah, yeah. I guess you know they mean that like there's not like a book. Yeah. That says you know that oh this is the primary source that we have to preserve so let's put that in a safe. It's more kind yeah. of like you know this is a skill or a thing or you know that we just kind of have to make sure that we don't forget. So I yeah. guess, I don't know, I guess maybe someone at UNESCO once a year checks the list and just goes, yep, haven't forgotten that, haven't well, forgotten that, haven't forgotten that. Have, since they have the heritage site and everything, I believe that like part of their ethos is to pres- preserve heritage in any way they can. Mm. So it goes in line with having heritage sites and, and, yeah. and you know, those intangible whatever's were intangibles, thingy my thing, thing, thingy my bobs, whatever they're called. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I believe that it's probably part of UNESCO's, um, you know, juge to be like, oh, we're the girls that, you know, preserve history, tangible, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's, I suppose as well, like, with the, is that the UNESCO thing nowadays? It's things like, you know, you can't have champagne from a specific, you can't call champagne champagne if it's not from a specific region of france and all that kind of thing it's oh, that- i mean i don't I'm, I'm not sure that's unesco i think that's um UN. brexit yeah maybe maybe <laughs> but is this it yeah i don't know okay so as a snob of things like that i'm for that it's prosecco or yes. sparkling yes. wine yes <laughs> yeah you see for me i feel as though we're venturing dangerously into conversations that i have to have with people all the time about the fact that i can't call it a sausage if it's not made out of pig it i have to call it a meat-free tube a meat log (laughs) yeah scoffs in vegetarian who loves corn sausages (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm i'm fine with you know only champagne being champagne because it means that i know what to avoid well, it's like, more easily it's like <laughs> melt mowbray pork pies you can't call a pork pie if it's not from melt mowbray or, so, or something like that. i don't know if there's pork in it and there's a pie it's a pork pie yeah but, yeah <laughs> yeah cheddar, it's it's, it's very, you can't call yeah. cheddar cheese if it's not from cheddar that kind of thing it's, isn't that the thing is that cheddar cheese isn't actually even from there's cheddar. one of there's yeah. one of the G- designations that's like it's the certain name but the actual town that's in the name isn't the place where they make it so the actual town that was in the name wasn't actually included within the special geographical designation i can't remember whether it was cheddar or melton mowbray what is one of the two yeah because it it was like you know oh they're traditionally made sort of just outside and so it's like (laughs) melton mowbray wasn't actually included or something yeah 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 so unesco intangible Yes, this charter. That was, again, passed down by oral tradition. They had a set of workshops in all of the different regions to get all of the different versions from all the different people, because a lot of them, a lot of the versions that people had passed down orally had missed out certain bits of it. Mm. So they eventually, they ended up with 44 separate edicts, some of which are excellent, I think. <laughs> okay. Not necessarily in 
how they are in in terms of of historical excellence yeah 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 you know there was there was some stuff that's like you know a girl can be given in marriage as soon as she is pubescent without age determination which i'm kind of like yeah. You know, uh-uh. some kids have reached puberty at eight. Yeah, yeah. So that that one's icky. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't yeah. want that. Thank you. Yeah, no. And and then there were just sort of some that I don't understand, uh, which kind of sound like a like some kind of riddle. Right. Like, the bull confided confided to your care should not lead the cattle pen. I I don't know what that means. So the your bull should not be kept the, in a pen with the rest of the cattle. The the bull confided to your care should not lead the cattle pen. So does that mean you've been lent a bull that you can't let in charge of your cows? It does sound like quite the sort of philosophical question, doesn't it? Like, yeah, sounds like a riddle in the making. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a clue in an escape room. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but they did allow. Um, divorce if the husband was impotent or otherwise incapable of assuming the obligations of the marriage okay that's oh. that's pretty progressive i like the vagueness as well yeah yeah the, uh, <laughs> otherwise incapable of assuming the obligations of i told you to put your <laughs> socks away is everyone going to be blank when i when i say that uh so that would include Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend who got the vaccine and <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh dude yeah. so I, I've copied out some some of uh, my favourite of the edicts go on go on go on the good bits lies that have lived for 40 years should be considered like truths okay, okay. yeah fair enough what? <laughs> if you lied for long enough that's that's it's just true, true now. now yeah so if you um, learn about someone's paternity and he said they were yeah. father, after 40 years, it's their father now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Any object found without a known owner becomes common property only after four years. Find his keepers. So, but after yeah. four years? Yeah. After four years, it's a free-for-all. Losers, weepers. Yeah, which that would not have worked out for the time my friend found 20 quid on the floor of Vodka Rebs. So half-heartedly <laughs> stood up and looked around and said, is this anybody's 20 <laughs> Okay, no. That's, that's, my that's fine, thank you. She bought us all drinks. Yeah. So it was fine. Thanks, yeah. So she shared. Yeah. <laughs> Politeness. <laughs> um, that's Robin Hood right there. Yeah, I was going to say, you could have gone, yeah, that's my fucking 20 quid. Yeah. No, she did the Robin Hood thing and, and you yeah. know, said everyone with £20. We, we stand. <laughs> Socialism! Yeah. Uh, never offend the talented. Well, no. Don't offend me. No. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's just sensible. I think, yeah. Alice, when we get like big podcasters like who are really well known... And the celebrities because of this. We sh- we should just start sell- walking around saying that. To We're going to have that written into every contractual obligation. <laughs> Please do not offend me. <laughs> and only yellow jelly beans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the jelly beans. This isn't about jelly beans. Wow. Back then. To satisfy one's hunger is not robbery if you don't take away anything in your bag or pocket. You can take something to eat, just don't hide it. 
If you're hungry, then you can have something, but don't try and hide it because then it's like you're stealing. Yeah. Not in your pockets. Yeah. Not in your bag, not in your pockets, not like hanging from your waist on a string. Don't stand the fridge door like snuffling it. Like, what about the last pepper on me out the fridge? What about under your boobs? (laughs) It doesn't say. That's probably fine. (laughs) I always find a loophole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last one, but I think my favourite. Article 41. You can kill the enemy, but not humiliate him. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd rather humiliate someone so that they have to live with the knowledge that, you know, I made an ass out of them for the rest of their lives. Because, you know, if they're dead, then the suffering's done. You don't have to humiliate someone to make an ass out of them. Just, Just assume yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, that's like my mum. <laughs> that was such a bad joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, ta-da! So I, I don't know how I end this. Oh, oh, okay. So, so. Oh, hang so... on. No, he he did die, but we don't know how. Okay. Oh okay. well. How, how old was he when he died? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> where Where, where did he die? Where did he? Die? Not sure. So we just know that he's dead. He's dead. Are we sure he's dead? <laughs> well, he was born in the 13th century, so I hope yeah. so. Okay, yeah. Not Does he have like somewhere. a fancy tomb anywhere or anything? No, very specifically not. It's the the tradition in um, that particular culture was that there, there is no locator of the graves of their kings. Oh wow! You never know, but they're just not no, saying something. Yeah. Basically, like a treasure hunt. Sort of, yeah. It's just completely unmarked, and we're not really sure. So, people are assuming that he died sort of twelve fifty-five. Okay, but that's no one was able to tell me why they came up with that as the particular number. Yeah, it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we've just accepted that it's then. And I said, why? And they went, shut up. <laughs> none of your Essentially, this sounds a lot like none of your business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so historians are meaner than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there are three potentials of the way that he died. Either he drowned while trying to cross a river, he was killed in an accident with an arrow at a ceremony. Oh, oh, now you see that's a bit that's humiliation and dying, isn't it? Or yeah. he was assassinated. Okay. Do you know this is like one of those adventure books where it's like for ending number one to put <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's basically D and D. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a river named after him, and so based on that, people are kind of assuming that it was probably the, the drowning thing. one. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, like, we don't know where he's buried, don't know when it was for sure. Uh, so so the, the date that they've come up with is basically because other things that happened right. that wouldn't have happened before he died. Right, okay. So, so like, so like the, lots of people come up with uh, dates, essentially. Well, no, it wasn't at random. It feels like it's at random, but it wasn't mm. at random. No. But, but so, um, like I was saying, how some people travelled in the area, kind of 
you know, 100 yeah. years afterwards, things like that. So it's kind of, you know, dates that they've picked up and times which are comparatively to now and then very soon after. But actually, when you think about it, it's kind of, you know, generations of people have lived and died in between, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, those those two dates. So it's kind of like, you know, oh, his successor is said to have done something on this you know in like yeah 1259 say Mm -hmm. which has been corroborated by more people than something that someone else said this guy did in 1260 so it's it's all kind of you know balance of probability so don't know sorry okay (laughs) kind of the beauty of history yeah (laughs) i could make it up if you wanted (laughs) i like that that's more fun <laughs> no, that was that was very interesting. That so remind us of his name. So it was Masa Sunjata Kita. Okay. Although Kita may not have actually been his surname, that might have just been a term meaning like the the line of the throne. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when you send me the uh resource notes for this episode for when we're putting the episode together, can you also give me the spelling of his name? I can give you one of them, yeah. Yeah. Which one would you like? Anyone, you pick one, and I will use it. Yeah, I'll pick the one that's at the top of the Wikipedia page. Make Thank it easier if, if other people oh, want to learn, okay. look it up in the future. Good idea. Yeah. Okay, Mansa Sundiata Keita, because there's a Mali um, Malian singer called uh, Salif Keita that I grew up listening to, mm. and um, it's from the same country, so it's a uh, yeah, Sundiata Keita. Yeah, so basically, his first name is the only thing that I was able to find a pronunciation thing for, right. which is apparently Sun dash Ja dash Ta. Supposedly, but yeah, it's, it's all timing based and all that, and that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, their names are like his mother Sukulung Conte, father Naremagahn Konate. They had some some tongue twister names back in the day. I would survive. Yeah. I'd be offending everyone. <laughs> yeah, so there's some kind of theory that Kunta was the family's actual surname, and yeah. Kita was like something that meant you know like essentially the heirs. Yes. Okay. To the, but then it's like just seems title to, almost. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it just seems to have become their family name, and you know, it's one of those things that people debate about in a way that's quite, you know, it's one of those historical debates which ends up with one person saying, "Well, he's just a fucking idiot." about the other <laughs> which happens a lot more than you would potentially <laughs> anticipate. Okay. Yeah. Because a lot of my lectures was just, you know, oh, and so-and-so says this, and the fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Daisy, thank you so much for that. That's a really interesting episode. That was a really interesting episode. Um, Almost got away with it without any Nazis. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, We had to go and mention Walt Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to uh, bring in the Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) Replacing the sign, which is podcast episode without a Nazi, back to zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like in the Simpsons, days without incident, one, and then back to the yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Killy, thank you right. so much 
for uh, joining us for this episode. It's been really helpful to have your insight into yeah. uh, the culture and all that kind of thing. So uh, we, um, I hope you've learned something too. I've learned something about girl. I'm just winging it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I'm no, but you know what? Being in here, I spend a lot of my time in hospital. I spend, a, I have a long, a lot of long stays in hospital. I've I've done up to like three months at a time, you know. And um, so when I get to work and when I get to do you know stuff like this, it's just I get to look forward to something and I get to like have my little utopia and you know leave the noises, the sights, the smells, the smells. And um, you know, <laughs> just the chaos of the of the ward. So thank you so much for yeah. the distraction and yeah. yeah. Just see the time. This is past hospital tea time, isn't it? If you missed your dinner for us, no. Uh, so I, what happened was, <laughs> I'm gonna order myself something. <laughs> Excellent choice. To the hospital now. I have been ordering something every day. Because <laughs> I have taste buds. And... The NHS is great. It's not known for its culinary uh, expertise. No, I think Jamie Oliver did their food. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Kimmy, we'd love to uh, be able to have you back occasionally um, as and yes. when because we, I think this this has been a really good fun episode to record uh, yeah, so if you ever want to come back and join us for an episode not necessarily Black, Black History Month but just like in general we'd love to have you back I would love you know what, call me <laughs> I am here I'm always you know available to like I was clear my schedule and I'm like <laughs> you know what I'm here. Okay. We can, you know, we can, we can do this. We can talk about all the Nazis you want. Um... <laughs> oh, no, like, I'm sure we'll get round to doing a Harriet Tubman episode at some point, even if we have to drag Daisy kicking and screaming. To yeah, her. yeah. Can we honor <laughs> um, my auntie, to... please? Yeah. <laughs> Kimmy, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet and stuff? I would like to be found at um so dope black disabled at dope black disabled on Instagram and my Instagram is Kimmy Soko so K I M M Y S O K O C B Q so Kimmy Soko C B Q and then dope black disabled on Instagram and then uh, our Twitter dope black disabled is DB disabled and my Twitter is Kimmy Soko. So, you know, get to know your girl, <laughs> you know, tweet me, Instagram us, and leave a comment, you know, I'm, I'm accessible. And if I'm doing it, <laughs> you know, doing a speaking engagement, I'm doing anything, join. It's always fun. It's always a party, you know. And everybody check out Kimmy's um 
podcast, the Dopebacks Sable podcast, it's you and my brain has gone blank. What are your co-hosts? Oh, it's my name? friend, uh, Fats Timbo. Oh, no, no, no. Um, the podcast is, uh, sorry, I was thinking of Gogglebox. Uh, my my, my, <laughs> my uh, podcast is me and uh, Debola, Daniel, it is our sensible uh, man in, of the house. <laughs> and then uh, Christine Jonel is my fellow sis. Uh, so it's the three of us. And I alternate between them because we have a rule no more than three voices at a time to not make it you know confusing because we're conscious of our community and not to make it like you know sensory overload you know? yeah. yeah 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 well uh in that case i apologize to anybody who's listened who was overloaded by me and lucy talking over each other as usual yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the house wasn't it really <laughs> no your, your podcast is soothing Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's not a word that's been used to describe no. my voice before. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really, really helps us find new listeners. And obviously, the more listeners we have, the more of these episodes we get to do. Um, you can follow us on all of the places, uh, labeled podcast, or I think labeled pod labeled pod. Um, pod and uh yeah we will see you guys next time bye bye, bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to the labeled podcast if you like the show please rate review and subscribe you can follow us on social media at labeled podcast uh thanks go to our editor adam hall our music composer maisie crunden and our graphic designer, Sarah Coney. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.